Hosting for two blokes talking tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. With apologies to those that have tuned in looking for Two Blokes Talking Anything Else, this is exactly what it says on the on the title, Two Blokes Talking Tech, although we do talk a lot of, um, well, crap uh, now and then. Uh, our listeners are our best researchers and they basically inform us of that. And joining me to talk tech primarily each and every week, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Uh, great to be back in Australia again. I, I took a little while to get home. Had a flight delays and overnight stays and all kinds of things. Oh. It was like an episode of planes, trains, and automobiles. Dry your eyes, princess. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we were in China for a week. Uh, we we smashed the podcast out. I'm sorry it took us so long to get it done, but uh, uh, well, let's just say connectivity in China for large file uploads is not as easy as you might think. It was easy to get social media and Periscope happening. That wasn't anything else. But we got there in the end. So for all the info of what we uh, what we saw last week in China, you can um, you can listen to episode 210, uh, which was live from Beijing. But uh, we do this each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We cover the news of the week, uh, products of the week, and also Stephen's minute reviews because he goes through. More more products than anyone in the history of product reviews. So he's our man for product reviews. We do it here. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to Netgear. Let's get cracking with the news for this week. And you can't really, I think. I mean, it's it's an interesting one because we struggle to, to, to talk about Windows generally because they, they kind of haven't had much good to talk about of late. Um, but Windows 10 has been out now as a technical preview for some time. There's been uh, around at 4 million people utilize uh, Windows 10. Uh, you know, in the in the technical preview, so kind of a, a free muck around, but don't don't get too excited. It might might break on you style version, and they've finally announced. Uh, I think it was just yesterday that uh, Windows 10 will be available to the public on July 29 in 190 markets globally. And if you've already got a PC with Windows 7 or 8.1, you get the upgrade for free. So following Apple's lead very clearly in the uh, in the operating system world, just saying, you know what. If you if you if you want an upgrade, it's here for you, um, and that's a good thing because you really do need to do that. You need to offer that to people. It's been an expensive upgrade in the past, as I recall. You know, you have to spend 150 bucks or more to get get the latest version of Windows. And I actually think, Stephen, that's one of the reasons they've 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 had such a, a legacy of older operating systems. Absolutely right. Yeah, we've we've seen uh, some pretty uh, uh, disastrous releases in the past. Uh, <laughs> Vista, <laughs> but uh, now they've finally got this right, I think, and the fact that it's free, again, a leaf taken out of Apple's book. I can recall when there were like four or five different versions of the Windows. Yes. There was Windows Business, Windows Home, Windows Student. There was all just confusing selection of mm. the uh, of the operating system. Now it's all one. I like the fact that they've taken into consideration what people want, 
they've sort of shaped this new operating system based on uh, the the calls from the customers who you know the ninety percent of the world's computers are running Windows and yeah you know, so that's a pretty powerful group of people and good to see that uh, some features like like the start button is back we've got the start menu uh, we've got a similar experience that that people kind of liked back at Windows seven even XP yep so. The Metro screen's gone unless you want to call it up through the start window there. Security's been improved. And the big thing for me, I reckon, is the fact that it's going to run across all your devices. So if you're a Windows Windows phone user, Windows tablet user, uh, using a PC or a desktop, it's going to be the same operating system. So that experience is going to be identical across all of those devices, whether they've got touchscreens or not. I think that's a really powerful, powerful move on Microsoft's part and could very well see them gain more users in the mobile space. It could also be the thing that ruins them. Now, uh, the problem with the, the mobile device thing is that it's not, it's not available on July 29. Uh, I was talking to Jason Cartwright from TechAU, who's not just a, a you know blogger and, and tech uh, you know reviewer. He actually develops apps, and he's playing with all the versions that are out. And the Windows Phone version of Windows 10 is buggy as all heck. And he said, it, well, there's no way it'll be available till the end of the year. So Because you can look at these technical previews and you can kind of get a sense of how buggy it is and it slowly gets less and less buggy and ready for release. So I think it's a disappointment that it won't be on phones on day one. I think that that kind of muddies the message on that whole all-device thing. I think the um, the absolute selling point, as you've already touched on, is the return of the start menu. And I, it's actually... A really stupidly simple thing, but in Windows 8, and Stephen, I, I accept that you, you use Mac almost entirely. I, I have to use Windows at work, and I've upgraded a few laptops here at home to, to Windows 8. The problem with Windows 8 was you had these two worlds. You had this tile world, the metro world, the tiled experience where all the buttons are tiles and touch screen built, and then you might flick back to the normal Windows desktop, which just looked weird and dodgy. And and what they've needed to do is bring those two things back together. It was like Windows 8 was just a leap far too far into the distance. Windows 10 is uh, you know bringing you back closer to Windows 7 with a much better upgrade experience. The start menu is is very different to any start menu you've seen before, but it gives you that more tiled experience that you might get on a phone and in Windows 8. And but it should give people the ability to do what they need and what they want in a normal experience. So I think the the progression from seven to ten is a lot easier. Now, interestingly, they're already pushing out messages, like automated messages into people's desktops saying, you know, you should upgrade to Windows 10. And I had an email from a bloke, Steve, who said, you know, should I be doing this? And I said, whoa, whoa. Careful that's not phishing and, and scamming because it's not available yeah, to do I had a call about this on the radio today too. It's, yeah, um, well, it turns because out. Because you can, register, that's you can right. register that you want to get it. That, and it turns out that's what they're doing. They're, they're pushing out messages yes. so you can register. But I just said, look, this is, um, this is ripe for the phishing. You know, when you're talking about millions upon millions of devices, if you want Windows 10, let me give you the tip. Go to windows.com or microsoft.com. Don't click yep. on any links anywhere. Don't follow any prompts anywhere. Just go to their website. The information will be there. And that's the best way to avoid any potential scams that might come. Absolutely right. No, that, that's great advice. And I think just on the security side of things, uh, I think Microsoft have made a, made a move here to 
increased security. They've got Windows Defender on board, although there have been versions of that in the past. They are boosting it with Windows Passport, Windows Defender on top of that, so anti-malware protection. But, you know, you need to, even with all that, you still need to have internet security software on your computer, no matter what type of computer you use. And that even goes for Mac users. I think yep. you really need internet security software, no matter what device you're using to connect to the internet. But uh, I, I've got a really good feeling about the, this, this version of Windows. And yeah, you're right. I, I, I use Windows. I, I've got a, the Microsoft uh, Surface 3 that I use, you know, nearly every second day. I'm on, I'm on it. You're doing stuff. I don't use Windows probably as much as you do, but uh, I'm actually looking forward to loading, getting a getting in a review laptop and loading this or a tablet and loading up Windows 10 and uh, and really sort of diving in right into it because um, I like I said I've got a good feeling about this one they've they've had a few misses I think this one may be the hit that they've been waiting for. Well, let's uh, let me tell you I think that we can make a call to to our friends Nick and Co at Lenovo I think we can get your laptop and I think we can upgrade absolutely. It. I'm running I'm <laughs> I'm actually running the technical preview now on a Yoga Three Pro the you know the, yep. the kind of consumer top-end model. And I forgot that I was running the technical preview. I've just become so used to it. And I think the critical thing here is, before we wrap up, you know, it is still a great touch experience. And there are touchscreen laptops. But if I'm honest, the number of times you actually want to touch the screen of a laptop is quite low. Um, it's great yep. for flicking through things and sliding through um, unless, things. But unless, though, it's a convertible like the Yoga 3 oh, that totally. you've got. If you want to turn it around and use it like a tablet, But in that's a handy. normal home and, and small business environment, you type it and you're using a mouse, let's be honest. And, and the yep. touch is just an added feature. And I think that's where Microsoft went, Microsoft went wrong. They put all their eggs in the, oh, my God, it's a touchscreen interface basket. And they they went too far. <laughs> they just went too but far. You're Mr. Magoo sense. voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we, sh- we shan't go on to my singing that occurred before we went on air. No. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen. Repeat the la- message I sent. <laughs> <after>. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you know, he's actually said that my singing is poor. He's used a different word to poor. Yeah. But, you know, we were having connection problems, and I'm going, I'm sitting here going, he can't hear me, and I'm singing, and he, he sent me a text that yeah. I can hear you. Lionel, you Richie, sing, Lionel Richie's lawyers are on the phone too, by the way. poorly. I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase. Thanks for your support, Stephen. I, you know, you, singing's mate. been an ambition for many years, and you just basically shot me down. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can get all the info on Windows 10 uh, on on the interwebs, really, and at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, on June the fifth, which is only a couple of days away, we're recording this on June the third. So a couple of days away, it is World Environment Day. Now, why do we care about World Environment Day? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's a great day, a great opportunity for you to go through and grab out all those old mobile phones that are rattling around in your drawers and recycle them. Mm. It's uh, hard to believe that there are more than 22.5 million mobile phones that are still sitting in people's homes unused, just sitting there. And the thing with uh, World Environment Day, obviously they want you to recycle uh, your old phone. Mobile Muster is the non-profit organization behind this. And rather than it's, uh, use your phone ending up in a landfill, which could endanger the environment, they want you to recycle responsibly. And I think what's now, fun about this is is you've uh, you've written <laughs> you've written this up on Tech Guide, and uh, the is that the people at Mobile Mustard have come up with this list of they've kind of um, done profiling of people to try and work out how and and why some people hold on to different things. And tell you what we'll do, we, we, we've got time. Why don't we go through them one by one? I'll start and, then, and we'll click yeah. through the list. The first sure. one is the sentimentalist. 
This person has a tight grip on their old device because they hold some meaning to them. Because it was their first device or it was a gift or something like that. But seriously, I mean, I can think of a few that I'm holding on to for that reason. It's very rare that, that you would need to hold on for a device for sentimental reasons. Absolutely right. Next up is the technophile. Now, these are people like you and me, actually, Trevor, mm. early adopters yep. who they want to hold onto the device because they had it before everyone else. Yeah. So they, they, they bought that new brand new phone. They had it before all their friends and family, and they don't want to give it up. They're thinking that, you know, it's a, it's a value. It's valuable. It's not. You're living in the past. Recycle it. Get over it. The, uh, the gold digger is, uh, <laughs> they're the, they're the people that falsely believe that their old and now completely useless device may actually be worth a lot of money one day. Let's be very clear with people, and you've summed it up here in four words. It won't recycle it. (laughs) This is one of my favourites. This is the doomsdayer. This is the person who thinks, I'm going to hang on to that old phone just in (laughs) case I need it, just in case there's an alien invasion or a zombie apocalypse then all the all the new whiz bang 4G networks go down. I've still got my 2G Nokia that's going to save my life. Uh, and as I said in my story, you'd be better off hoarding fresh water than an old phone. Recycle it now, please. The gift giver um, are the people who like to hand their devices down to a child or use as a plaything. And while this is a lovely thing, you're actually better off whacking it into a recycle bag from Mobile Master or someone similar. Um, or you know, that came with the original box because they, 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 the, when you buy a phone these days, they come with that bag, and it doesn't matter if you buy a Samsung Galaxy S six, you take the bag out and you put the old one, even if it's an iPhone in it, and you send it off. So, because yep. you know, let's be clear, most kids don't actually want a smartphone that you're not prepared to put a SIM card in and give them credit on. They'd prefer to just have a new Skylander or something like that. Absolutely right. Now, this one's the maybe later. These are those procrastinators putting off their declutter, which includes their old mobile phone. So get get yourself together, people. You may, be, you may have a stack of 15-year-old Sydney Morning Heralds at home. <laughs> that means you're a bit of a hoarder and you're a bit of a tech hoarder as well if you've got your old phone as well. Get off your asses and recycle your phones. Now, Stephen, I actually had a call on TUE about two weeks ago from this very person, the security conscious. <laughs> now, you, on your website, you talk about people that are worried about trying to get all the data off their phone and is it safe and what if, what if someone gets the phone and gets their data off it? Seriously, what happens to these things is they are a obliterated they are melted down parts are taken away and let's be very clear even if there was a a nudie photo of you or your bank details they're the two extremes (laughs) right they're the two extremes that might be looking at oh well hello they're the two extremes that might exist on a smartphone what are the chances of someone in the recycling factory going oh yeah let's just grab a phone and see what we can get off it because they don't have time it's one in a bazillion seriously move on yeah relax don't be paranoid. So a bunch of really great profiles there from Mobile Muster and, and you know, Stephen's nailed it there on the website, techguide.com.au. Uh, let's, let's, I, I want to see some tweets, especially from the regulars, but if you're not a regular tweeter, and no disrespect to Rob and Rob and a few others who are regular tweeters, I want to hear from some new people. I want you to go to techguide.com.au. I want you to read about the recycling, and I want you to tell us with the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag on Twitter, uh, what are you? Which which one of these little um, profiles are you when it comes to devices and technology? Uh, you can get us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Long. Stephen is at Stephen Fennick with a PH, and you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech.
Well, I was quite surprised by this announcement, I have to be honest. And um, uh, we were at, uh, I was at Mobile World Congress and I, I saw the Samsung Galaxy S6 and the S6 Edge and it looked, to me, awesome in the colours. They had this blue, this green, this kind of gold colour and... I just thought to myself, it's never going to come to Australia. We just go black and white because, and no disrespect to, to the mobile companies, they, they, they struggle to stock these many devices because by stocking a, you know six different phones instead of two, they're kind of punting more that they're going to have enough stock, let alone not have too much stock. So it's a really difficult thing to, uh, to mm. actually do. So Samsung have announced that the colors, my friend, they're coming. Absolutely, yeah. I can understand, though, their strategy with these because they obviously go black and white early because all, all the hardcores, all, all, the, all the people who want their phone right away are going to rush forward. Now, the other people who are hanging back thinking, oh, you know, I don't like that colour, I, I want something a little bit more fashion and style conscious, they're the sort of the second wave of, of customers maybe coming in now. It's been like two months, three months since the, uh, the phone launched. They're the ones coming in now in the second wave looking to, they might buy black or white, but these other colours are quite enticing. The three new yeah. colours, gold, platinum, which is available in both the S6 and the S6 Edge. And then there are a couple of exclusive colours. There's green emerald, which is for the S6 Edge only, yeah. and blue topaz, which is for the S6 only. So I think they've, rather than having every color for every style of device, they've kind of segmented it pretty smartly there. They know the gold is going to be a popular one, no matter if it's the S6 or the S6 Edge, and then it's either green or blue for the Edge or the S6. I think that's pretty smart how they've done it. And, you know, mate, phones, phones are now an expression of our personalities now. They can't all be black and white. So uh, another kind of another leaf taken out of Apple's book here. They've, they've offered a gold, a black, and a white, although blue and green certainly look quite nice as well. I think you find the blue is a stunning looking device, so I think that'll that'll sell well. The green really stands out because it's so different. It's you just don't see a green because it's not just a green cover. It's it's that green underneath the glass. It really does pop when you when you see the phone sitting there. So I think this will be very popular and uh, great news from Samsung. You can read uh, all about those and you can see the photos at Tech Guide. Dot com dot au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, and the products you've just got to check out. You have to either read both of our reviews, uh, techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Go to Google and search for either Tech Guide and Arlo, or EFTM and Arlo, and you'll, you'll find our reviews very quickly. Arlo is the 100% wire-free HD high-definition smart home security camera. Now, it is, we've talked about it before, I just want to go back to the start here. This is it's a very simple product. It's a small thing, fits in the palm of your hand, four batteries that come with it, uh, and a base station. The base station sits next to your router, plugs into the power. You put the batteries in, you press a button on the side of the base station, it synchronizes with the camera. You put the camera wherever you want it to be. It can be out on the telegraph pole, it can be out on the gutter, it can be in the lounge room, it can be in the front foyer, it can be anywhere, because it's wire-free. So you can put the cameras anywhere, and then the the actually the mind blowing thing to me is the simplicity of the cloud solution. You set it set times of the day where you want it to be on and monitoring, so the times that you're out of the home, and whenever it detects motion, it uploads a thirty or whatever duration second video up onto the cloud, which you can then watch on your phone, on your computer, on your tablet. You get alerts. It emails you the video. There's so many ways to actually see what's happening. Unbelievable system from Netgear. Check it out at netgear.com.au. It's the Arlo range of smart security cameras at netgear.com.au.
Now, Stephen, I was kind of stoked to finally receive a uh, a stand for the Apple Watch. It's kind of weird because they, they've they've not been around. We've had the watches on our wrists now for a month. The um the the stands though haven't been there. We've seen a few announced, but we haven't actually had one. And the idea of the watch just sitting on my bedside table with a little cable, it just feels it feels very non-Apple, right? So I was I, I got a hold of the uh, the Twelve South the high rise. So this is the the high rise from Twelve South is a great stand that I already have for my iPhone, and they've they've just reinvented that for. The Apple Watch with a little little gap there, so you use the cord that came with your watch, you stick it on, and it just sits there and dangles on the uh, aluminium, uh, sorry, the magnetic base of the charger. Fantastic looking thing for sixty nine ninety five, and you had one from Griffin. I did, yeah. The Griffin watch stand that was one of the first uh, first announced when uh, when the Apple even before the Apple Watch was released officially, and uh, obviously it was uh, it was to address the uh, the worry that the the battery would only last a day and it would need to be charged overnight. And for all those people who have now gone out and bought a watch, I think you made this comment when we were in Beijing. You know, I've got the Apple Watch; it's just another product that I have to charge. Yeah. So with that in mind, these products can can come in quite handy. Now, in the in Griffin's case, their watch stand has a uh, a tall stem that has a really solid weighted base. You do feed the the cable that comes with Apple Watch. There's no cable that comes with the watch stand. You got a yep. BYO cable from your watch, and you can uh, you can feed that up to the top of the angled uh, top of the stem where the circular magnetic base rests, and it rests at an angle so that you can place the watch either horizontally or vertically uh, to charge up. Now, in, in my case, and your case too, this would be, we've both got the uh, the the link bracelets, which don't actually separate once they're unlocked. You know how you've got the normal sports bands that yeah. separate and you can so actually you lay the flat. watch flat on, on the table? Uh, because uh, I, I've had to use this uh, uh, putting it horizontally so that the, the link bracelet would then fit around the back of the stem and I'd still get a charge. But with the uh, the base, there's also a small lip at the front of the uh, the watch stand that allows you to also rest your iPhone. So if you're charging, it's a little charging station for both. You've got to have to bring your cable in for your phone. So it's also a nice little viewing viewing platform as well if you want to just put your watch and your phone in the, in the same place so they can both be charged at the same time. The Griffin watch stand, uh, is available for thirty nine ninety five. Yeah, I think they're great little products. Um, I look forward to seeing a bunch more come out. And you'll find um, you won't find anything at the Apple stores because the Apple store won't stock anything until there's a huge base, a huge amount of product for them to uh, to stock, so they can have a whole area. But uh, you'll find it online. You'll find it at uh, kind of leading Apple resellers. But uh, check them out. The Griffin is uh, available to look at at techguide.com.au, and uh, the High Rise from Twelfth South is at eftm.com.au. We should probably do a switch, and and you know maybe oh, maybe I could write write the other one for your site, and you could write that one for mine, and we could just switch it. All over, rather than me having to send you the product because I'm not taking, I'm not, I'm not, not giving it to you, mate. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've quite attached to mine as well. <laughs> read the reviews on the website techguide.com.au. Now, uh, thank you for indulging me here, Trevor, once again to talk about my VoiceBite app. Uh, we've had quite a quite a development uh, with Studio Ten, which is the program that I occasionally appear on to talk technology. Uh, well, I've convinced the producers, the very good producers at Studio Ten, to allow us to trial VoiceBite as a way to gather content for the show. 
uh, and the way we've started is well, the natural fit would be for the Ask ITA segment, which is where the 2013 Australian of the Year and uh, well-known journalist Ita Buttros answers la, re, le, viewers' questions uh, and, and when they ask for advice on various things, we are now using VoiceBite to gather that content. And as a matter of fact, uh, if you do contribute a VoiceBite, which is uh, very easy to do, you download the app, it's available on Android and iOS, allows you to record 15 seconds of audio so you can record a question, hashtag ask Ita in the clip title and send that across, broadcast it, and you'll go in the running to win a 65-inch LG 4K Ultra HD television. So valued at $5,000. Uh, it's it, All you need to do is submit that voice bite and listen in to see if your voice bite gets on air. They did play two this morning, and I think they're going to continue to do one each day uh, all this week and all of next week before we decide the winner. And uh, it's it's just so easy to do. Uh, I was looking at the uh, at the um, at the tw- at the voice bites, not the tweets. The the voice bites coming through. Um, uh, I don't know if I can indulge here, but uh, I noticed one of them was uh, was this one that went through. Hello, Ida. I was just wanting to know what your opinion was on the importance of men's grooming, and in particular, <laughs> shaving. He's just, big on the uh, this bloke's big on the voice bite, mate. Con, um, he does. Yeah, and you know, there's the, there's a lot of great the guy, questions his there. Con, his name's yeah. Con, and he's he uses it to promote his um sh- his shaving products. Shaving he also tips. links them to he because you can on voice bite you can add a photo and a link. So he uses the link component there to link through to his YouTube videos. He's mm. a he's a very uh very big user of uh, voice bite, and we love him. <laughs> well, look, I think that this is one of those. Seriously, let's let's just take a moment here. This is one of those competitions where the chances of winning are high. I mean, it's you've yeah, just absolutely. got to. It's one of those ones where you've just got to be in it to win it, right? So all you've yep. got to do is have Voice Byte installed on your phone. Get an account; it's very easy to do. And then just record a question, anything. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be a you know super personal. You know, what do I do about my wife situation? It can just be. I saw one of them today was you know my husband wants to you know, get the cheapest kitchen possible. I don't agree. What do you think? And <laughs> you know, she just wanted Ida's yep. opinion. That's all right. So, um, so yeah, very cool, very cool pr- promotion. Great TV, sixty-five inch LG TV, mate. Yeah, absolutely. It's got the uh, color prime technology. We're going to talk about a similar TV in my uh, in my minute reviews there later. But it's got the all the latest features: color prime, ultra luminance. Five grand. It's four K Ultra HD. Not a bad price for twenty seconds of work. Your your fifteen second voice bite and typing in the clip title. Very good, very easy. Check it out. Voice Byte uh, is the app. Check it out in the Google Play Store and on the uh, the Apple App Store. Very easy to do. Get yourself a Voice Byte. And don't forget, I've got that bloody competition still running. I mean, if you can pick the five haven't songs. Haven't guess, have no. guessed the song? Yeah. No, I'm going to have to close it off. Uh, the the world's hardest competition. Uh, yeah, mate. It's not meant to be easy. It's a $700 price. <laughs> yeah. It's actually it's actually easier to win your bloody television than it is my router. I think so, yes. Uh, absolutely, but, yes. Um, but, uh, I think you've set, you've set records in the number of plays yeah. on your on your Voice it's very. Byte. Easy. It's, it's, it's three thousand seven hundred, just quietly. Um, yeah. But uh, very easy. And the Robs have picked three of the songs, but there's two songs left. The first song and the fourth song, I think it is. Uh, very easy. One of them's a. You got to give out song. some clues, mate. Give out, yeah, give out a couple of voice yeah, by yeah, clues. Yeah, I'll think about it. I'll think about it, or I'll just start another <laughs> one that's easier. Two blokes talking tech. Now, uh, GoPro, we love their cameras. I mean, they're just, they're just 
they're just market leaders. They are untouchable. There are plenty of cheap imitations, but they're not the same. They, they just don't have the quality and the usability of a GoPro. And GoPro have announced um, that they're going to get straight into the drone market. And this is interesting to me, Steve, because the Phantom, for example, that we've both used, I've got a Phantom uh, 2, and I, I've got the one that you actually put a GoPro on. But the latest Phantoms have, you can't put a GoPro on, they all come with a camera. So it's kind of, I think it's GoPro's response to other companies going, do you know what? We don't want to make anyone else money. Like you buy a drone from us and then go and buy a camera from them. Why don't you buy a drone with a camera and we'll make more money? So I think GoPro could absolutely smash it in this marketplace. Well, you know, they've got the, what, what GoPro have got that no other drone maker has is just the amount of brand recognition and the sort of the, that, that sort of disruptive kind of brand quality there. And the fact that Phantom, well, as you said, you, you've got the version that accepts the GoPro. They've totally brushed them for the Phantom 3 thinking, no, we're going to make our own cameras. Why make them, why make give them even more profile? So GoPro, I think their approach, and it's been confirmed. Nick Woodman confirmed it at a conference last week. He's called it the ultimate accessory. You you think about the rich ecosystem of, of GoPro accessories. You know you can you got the head strap, the chest strap, the wrist strap, the car mount, all of those things. You think about the drone, it's another accessory. So it's it's kind of like something you clip your GoPro on again. It just happens to be a drone that can fly and mm. and being able to take some great video and great images, then uh, I think it's a no-brainer and it's going to be I think a very popular product once it's released in the first half of 2016. Uh, uh, you know, GoPro, they've got pretty high-quality standards there in terms of their manufacturing their products. So you'd imagine that the drone is going to be tip-top. Yeah, I, I really, to be honest, I really look forward to this. I mean, I'm obviously a bit stupidly obsessed with the drone game, um, and, you know, I'm kind of disappointed by the cheapy ones that come out. So I actually think this could be the one that challenges DJI for the kind of top-notch top, of, top notch drone um, because they won't do things by halves. These people... And I think they'll be the first to bring to market the the simple version of the kind of follow me technology we've seen with the the, the Linda or whatever mm-hmm. it was called and the Hexo Plus and things like that. I the think Lily, yeah, Lily, the and Lily, Hexo yeah. Plus, yep. Because you think about GoPro, right? That's what they do. They do action sports. They do people mountain biking and skiing and jumping off bloody cliffs. I think uh, I think yeah. that's what they're going to want to do. So it'll be very interesting, and they they should be able to absolutely smash DJI. So very interesting times. And uh, if you want to have a look at the story. Uh, techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick Alright, we talked about the uh, the TV you can win with uh, Studio 10 and the Ask Ita uh, competition on VoiceBite Time to listen to Stephen's fantastic review of an LG TV right here yeah, this is the uh, this is the top of the line model in the their new 2015 range. It's the 65 inch UF 950T. Now this is 4K Ultra HD, all the bells and whistles. Looks fantastic. Really sleek looking TV. Got a white uh, rear panel. It's only 8.5 millimeters at its thinnest point. Uh, but the, really, what you what you're buying this TV for is the picture quality. And what the what what they've got under the hood this time out is two new technologies: Color Prime and the Luminous. The the, the ultra luminance uh, features as well. What what Color Prime does, it actually changes. It uses different LED phosphor colors so that it creates more, a, a wider color gamut and gives it a little bit more depth and more a more lifelike appearance. And the ultra luminance, as its name suggests, sort of pumps a bit more brightness in the into the brighter parts of the screen. 
screen helps a little bit with the contrast and the result is a really nice looking picture. A couple of little things I found on it. Black levels were good, uh, but I reckon they could be a bit deeper. I've seen sort of deeper on other competitor, uh, competitors' TVs. The brightness, I had to sort of knock it down a little bit. It sort of was a bit too much just to sort of get that picture right. One thing that looked fantastic on it were Blu-rays. Now, uh, Blu-ray upscaling on this, you've got a six-step upscaling on the TV that really, it doesn't sort of take it up in one in one hit sort of to make it look artificial. It kind of steps it up and sort of fills it out as it, as it goes. It's really smart. Uh, but I watched also native content on this TV, and it was an absolute knockout. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing Ultra HD Blu-ray, which we mentioned on last week's show, uh, showcased on a, on a product like this. It'll take advantage of all of those eight million plus pixels on the screen. Uh, it, it's got a it's, a it's a flat TV. It's not curved, but it does have a curved base. It, it looks really nice. There's four HDMI inputs, three USBs. Run with Web OS. What a fantastic operating system. Really simple, really easy to use straight out of the box. Can help you set up the TV in minutes, connect to your network, connect it to the internet, and you're off and running. And the day-to-day operation is very simple as well. Other cool new features are, uh, not new features, but sort of really handy features are the fact you can add uh, an external USB drive to uh, to record one show and watch another. So there's actually a dual tuner on board, twin tuner. It's also got Cinema 3D, which is the the passive 3D glasses and look overall really nice one big tick as well is the audio quality there's built in Harman Kardon speakers so no need to go out and buy a sound bar this thing sounds good out of the box so that's another big tick for this this product the 65 inch 4K UHD UF 950T it's priced at 6499 but I've seen it in stores and actually advertised online for a lot less than that I think if you're looking for a TV that's going to that you're going to be uh, enjoying for years to come uh, then and the LG is definitely worth a look. Check it out, techguide.com.au. And this one I had a look at recently, a slightly different version, but geez, they make nice products, Toffee. Well, Toffee is uh, an Australian company, I should add. It uh, formed more than 10 years ago when all smartphones and laptops were starting to become the products we were, gonna, were carrying around with us. Toffee uh, was, thought, was uh, originated in Sydney, and they thought, let's build, let's make some nice bags for our devices. And one of those bags is made of leather. Their leather range, I don't know, leather to me suggests luxury. It may suggest something else to other people, but for me it's luxury. And this is what I took from uh, the Lincoln briefcase, which is valued at $329.95 for the 13-inch model, $349.95 if you want to get the bag to fit in in a 15-inch laptop. Uh, look, it, it, I got the black version. It's beautifully lined and padded. Uh, there's plenty of storage space inside. It's actually deceptively large inside. Like you think it's a little briefcase, but you can fit in a laptop. There's a secondary pocket, a zip pocket, space to fit in a charger, a mouse, your lunch, a water bottle, whatever you want to fit in there. There's a little external pocket for your phone, uh, and and it just looks really nice. It looks premium. Uh, the only thing I found with it, and I had the black bag, so you've got to be really careful because it is really nice leather material. you just got to be careful you don't sort of treat it too roughly because the scratches sort of come up. Uh, uh, you can see the scratches on the black bag. Don't know about the brown bag. Probably be hidden a little bit more, but uh, look, if it's worth that much money and made of such beautiful material, it is absolutely worth looking after so that it can serve you well, give your devices that feel of luxury whenever you're traveling around. The Toffee Lincoln Briefcase. 
Check it out. Techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Great to be back in the country. I'm sure we'll disappear again soon, but uh, we'll keep bringing you the latest tech news each and every week. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, obviously, it's great to, to share the love on the podcast because uh, always great when people hear about it and uh, tell us that they've heard about it too, Stephen. It's great to get those tweets from people that are listening. And uh, we had yes, a couple we love of feedback. So reach out to us on Twitter. We uh, we do love to hear your feedback, and we do respond. We're not snobs. We do respond to all your comments and compliments, uh, and uh, some of your not so complimentary comments as well. We do love hearing from you. Yeah, I don't respond to the narcs. Let's be clear. <laughs> Actually, no, I do. I'm a complete <laughs> asshole when it comes to responding to narcs. Um, there was a new comment uh, only today, in fact, oh my goodness, uh, from Abu, who says, uh, awesome show and awesome blokes. Oh, what a, what a legend. I uh, have been listening yeah. to the show since its first release. Best podcast ever. Okay, that's going up on the billboards. Uh, some shows Absolutely. get a tw- get a twice over. Love the guy. He listens twice sometimes. Love the guys wow. and how they talk about the products. Easy to understand, easy to listen to, and it's made in Australia. Keep it up, fellas. Oh, it. What, a, what a man. What a Proudly legend. Proudly Australian. Proudly Australian. Thank you for that, and uh, we appreciate your comments, because those comments help other people find the show as well. Uh, download us each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Stephen, next week, my friend. We'll see you then, Trevor. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.